You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I also don't think it would be useful to put it on YouTube. I think maybe like Twitter. Uh, like Twitter video. Small clips to Twitter or if we ever get a TikTok. How about or- your Instagram story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. Uh, a happy cousin of the Touchline Media Group today because Christian Pulisic scored a goal, so they're not going to be mad at us. Uh, most of them are Chelsea fans, but there are also some Manchester United fans, some F1 fans, an NBA podcast, I think a boxing podcast uh that's pretty fun so you should all check them out because they pay us in breakfast tacos uh i'm your host asa smith uh aka the twig here as always with my co-host napoleon greg aka the stump and since we are coming off of a college football weekend for the last time in a really really long time we are here with angus so this episode is brought to you by whoever blue wire decides to put in if they do apparently that's an issue sometimes uh, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. For all of your law needs, check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. It's 2022. We can try new things, except for criminal law. I don't think that they're going to be delving into criminal law anytime soon. But for any other legal needs, check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. Let's get right into it. Angus, some games happened. Uh, Stumpy, some games happened. Um, do we want to uh, start on a, on a high note and go low or start on a low note, get high? And then go into the the rest of the stuff. I'll, I'll let Angus choose. I mean, do we have to talk about the game? Like, was there a game? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think I think I think we have to 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 obliquely mention uh, the the playoff game that occurred. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I'm gonna. I, know, I think I te- did. I te- I feel like I texted everyone in the in the first quarter. Like, 
this is over. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. That game was over much quicker than Michigan State versus Alabama was. That's true. Michigan fans don't want to admit that, but that game was over real quick. I'll tell you what I knew that score. game. Uh, no, but that game was 10-0 at half with Michigan State driving. If Connor Cook doesn't yeah. throw a, 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 an interception, like if, if, if Connor Cook gets the ball out a half beat earlier, it's 10-7 going to half. And Michigan State also went for four, went for on fourth down more times in that game than Michigan did. Harbaugh settled for field goals. D'Antonio didn't. Yeah, Michigan State could have scored in that game six points pretty easily, but they went for it because, um, you know, D'Antonio did 20. Yeah. When you're down 20, you, you, you usually want sixes, but I'll tell you when I yeah. knew that game was over. Um, and it was a, a single moment. It was a single moment. Harbaugh schemed up his favorite chunk play, which is um, Blake Corum on a linebacker uh, in motion. Yeah. gets the ball behind yeah. the, behind the backfield. And normally, and I've watched enough Michigan to know that that's eight yards. That's just, that's a scheme win that gets you eight yards. It was a tackle for loss. And it was a middle linebacker who tracked him down from the other side of the field for a loss. Nicobe uh, Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Nicobe yeah. Dean is, uh, and, and like, it's like, you he's can Devin talk, Bush on steroids. He's, he's Devin Bush. If Devin Bush was better, like, like college Devin, Devin Bush, Bush is pretty good. Yeah. College Devin Bush was an all American. And this guy yeah. is just like a rich man's Devin Bush. Um, Nicobe Dean is, is phenomenal. And there are, uh, 10 of him on that defense in some fashion. Jordan, Jordan Davis tracked down Hassan Hoskins on a stretch play. Jordan Davis is 380 pounds. Like, like things that shouldn't happen, happen regularly with the Georgia defense. I don't know what you do. Yeah. I don't know. I like that kind of, that really, honestly, like it felt like playing Urban Myers, Ohio state, or it, it also like, it, it felt like playing Villanova <laughs> in the national championship. Like there's just, there was nothing I, like I had hope going into the game, but like once we got there, it was like, I, there's just no way. These guys are too fast. They're too strong. I, 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 I don't know how Alabama like did what they did to Georgia. So, I, so it's, it's a very simple answer. And it's the answer is, is um, they have, they have six Ronnie Bells. Yeah. Alabama has six number one receivers and Michigan has a one, a, a three and a five. Um, so, you know, I, something like that. I don't know. Like our receiving core is like pretty good, but no, Roman, like they, they just Roman, like could not hang. I'll, I'll put it this way. Dalen Baldwin would not Dylan, Dylan, um, would Dylan. not play. Dylan, 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 and Dylan. Yeah. Dylan Baldwin would not be in the room. Roman Wilson would not be in the room. Uh, Cornelius Johnson would not be in the room. Like, like, they're good wide receivers and, and they're, they're certainly very, very good because they, they were successful all year. They got to the playoff, but the, the level of talent and the level of, um, uh, are, are you drinking bleach? Yeah. What is that? Yeah. I'm drinking bleach. Uh, that's how you get rid of COVID, right? Uh, so, so dear listeners, uh, again, we, we, we record this very week. visual podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, orange juice. Uh, we, we record this on zoom and, uh, uh, Stumpy just took like a, a swig from a jug that, uh, from the bottom looks like a Clorox bleach jug. Anyways, um, the difference between Alabama and Michigan is, is in the, the, the high level talent. So like the thing that people talk about is, is the yeah, line, the, the line between a four and a five star. I didn't hear what you said, Stumpy. The depth. 
Yeah. Alabama's third stringers are a bunch of four stars. Michigan's third stringers are a bunch of guys that maybe should have considered playing in the Mac. Yeah. So like that, that, that isn't what really what surprised me. What, what did surprise me was our offensive line, just like completely cratering. So that's, against, yeah. But like, I, I, and I understand like that's, that's like, also like the talent deficit, but at the same time, like that, they are officially the best offensive line in the country, allegedly, right? Like that, they are an award-winning offensive line, sure. and they were just so here's, tossed aside by Jordan Davis. Here's the difference, as far as I can tell, is that the difference is is that Michigan's offensive line are low-ish four stars, mid-tier four stars who mm, are or or, or high three not, stars. That's that's it doesn't that's not the point. So I, I would say about half of them are actually like pretty good recruits they're like four and five stars there's not a five there is not a five star on michigan's offensive line there's one is a five star no no he was a he was a high four star the point the the point that i'm making here is that michigan has on their entire team according to the 24 uh, 7 composite um two two five stars on the entire team one of them is jj mccarthy who is a sometime card quarterback and the other one is Dax Hill, who uh, was recovering from COVID. He played fine. He played well. He's an important player. The point is, is that he was um, invisible in that game. Yeah, Georgia has twenty uh, of those. I don't know about I don't know about invisible because it was there was noticeable difference, but he was on Bowers versus when anybody else was on Bowers. Uh, yeah, Bowers was toying with the secondary when it was anybody except Dax Hill on it. Yeah. And, and that's the point is that is, and, and we talk about this all the time, like with the elite D'Antonio teams, like you talked about this is that like, it's one thing to, (laughs) to go up against a team that has like a whole bunch of four stars and one or two five stars. And then you go up against the Georgia and Alabama where it's, or really in Ohio state um, where it's just like, it's a different level and you can do it once. Right. Like you, you can, you can, you can scheme bullshit your way into one <laughs> a year per that, you know, D'Antonio yeah. was able to to triple option his way against, you know, to beat the best Ohio state team of the urban Meyer era, which was that 2015 team. Um, you know, Michigan was able to snow and scheme their way uh, against Ohio state, but Georgia had a month and their players are just significantly more talented. Um, yeah, there's, there's like, it's, it's like, like there's, it's the, there was a graphic when they were, uh, talking about the, the teams in the, the new year six, um, that I, I want to say Fox put out and it's like very clear tiers, right? Like the top three teams in the new York, new year six had like 20 ish, five stars and 40 ish, four stars. Bama has like 60 four stars. Um, and then you go into that next tier, which is like almost all four stars, you know, 40 to 45, four stars, like one, two, three, five stars. And that's your Michigan's, your um, uh, uh, Michigan, Notre Dame, um, you know, whoever else, that, that tier. And then there's the third tier where it's like Michigan State and Oklahoma State, where it's like there are seven four stars on this team. Um, and and that's that's sort of the difference. You know, Utah's in that, okay. in that as well. Um, so, so Michigan's just like in a different tier. You know, like there, there's just yeah, a difference between, fine. and it's fine. Like, that's the thing is that there, there are a lot of jokes. And um, if I were a more online person Friday night and uh, I wasn't, but if I were a more online person, I just would have tweeted at Scott Bell 
over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Shout out Wade. Shout out Wade. Um, but you know, like the fact of the matter is that like, there were a lot of people who took a lot of pleasure in Michigan state getting humiliated in the playoff who didn't quite understand that there's a difference between Ohio state in the middle of a season and, uh, Georgia slash Alabama after a month. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, that's also like my, my, my personal philosophy is that like, I just enjoy winning the big 10 and yeah, that's fine. If we make the playoff, like that's great. And if we somehow like catch lightning in a bottle and win the semifinal, that's amazing. However, I just like don't see it happening in this like in this format of college football. I just I just don't. So, but um, that was also one of the one of the tenets that this podcast was founded on, right? Was the fact that uh, Angus has slowly come to be a more realistic Michigan fan in the fact that if you had asked him two years ago. That absolutely would not be what he would have said he wanted out of a Michigan season. He'd be like, "We should be, we should be winning a national title every other year." It's like, no, we we should be, you know, should be. This is pretty much the ideal Michigan season from here on out. Um, I guess ideal would be catching lightning in the bottle and actually winning, you know, winning, yeah, my final yeah. run. But like, this is what this is what Harbaugh brings to the Michigan faithful. And if you're being, you know, any sort of realistic fan this is exactly what you should want out of this is the ceiling this was what oh well i mean the ceiling is again winning the title but this is like pretty close to getting getting to the ceiling yeah i mean that doesn't mean like they shouldn't try like i wouldn't say this 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 is the ceiling uh so when i the ceiling 99 percent of the time when i say the the ceiling no the problem is that uh of the 23 college football playoff matchups uh, so far this year, 20 of, them been, where, 20 of them have been won by Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, or Georgia. So, like, it is kind of – this might actually kind of be the ceiling, and you just need to hope for one weird year or something like that. And I think if, uh, you know, if this season shakes out differently and you only get one of Alabama or Georgia in the playoff, maybe Michigan has a little bit better chance of – you know, taking home a title or at least winning a semifinal game. Yeah. But there is, like Asa was saying, there is a clear top tier uh, in college football in today's game. And it is very hard if you are not one of those top tier programs to beat another one of those top tier programs. Like you, you have to scheme right. You have to hope that there's distraction. I honestly thought that Michigan was going to score more points just because uh, Dan Lanning has apparently been pulling double duty with Oregon and yeah. defensive play calling for a month, and that didn't seem to stop him at all. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, he might not have he might not have been doing the coaching of defense for the past month. It was probably but, Kirby, but it doesn't, that doesn't matter. even matter oh, because like he, he, he was doing double duty. He um, he has been at, he has been at Georgia coaching, mm-hmm. and he has been on the phone coaching Oregon. Yeah, I which mean, is why. <laughs> Oregon had their own bowl game like three days beforehand, so it wasn't like he could have yeah. just ha- handed it off. But yeah, like yeah, double duty would have yielded more than eleven points. And I th- I think that the 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 point is is that when you have a defense like Georgia going up against an offense like Michigan, you don't have to scheme that many wins from the Georgia point of view. You can play sort of base. I mean, obviously you're not going to run you know run out their base cover three over and over and over again, but. 
well, you don't have to they, put in super weird wrinkles. What you do is you go to you go to the Michigan State game because Mel Tucker literally recruited this Georgia defense, and you go and you see, okay, what did Michigan State do that worked and what didn't? And and the things that didn't work was it a scheme issue or a talent issue? And you say, okay, all right, we we've watched what that one game. This defense is like the homeless man's version of what we do. So okay, like just implement that plan. You know, Mel Tucker already did the work. You call him up because, oh, by the way, he was their defensive coordinator for until two years ago and is friendly with all those guys. Say, what do they look like? What do they want to do? What don't they want to do? Fine. And then Dan Lanning has to put in a, a, a game plan that is pretty, pretty base. You know, you, you make adjustments yeah. on, the, on the fly, but, but it's, I, just, I, I don't think that there's that much Michigan could have done, right? Like they schemed up wins that ended up as losses. And and when so, you see that it's it just is what it is. Yeah, and and on offense they they took they took the same exact approach that we took to Iowa, which is like very early and then turtle. Yeah, that's pretty much what they did on offense. Yeah, no, no. Uh, well, Georgia's Georgia's yeah. offense didn't do anything after this after the first half. They just no. they, like I I think that they they acted. They, they broke out a few plays. Uh, their their first their their first drive. Uh, what went completely against all of their tendencies, which was honestly like really impressive to see. Um, But, um, but um, I mean, I don't know. It was disappointing. I want to ask, is this, is this the point where we start talking about the format of, of uh, the playoff or are we just going to blow past that? We'll, we'll talk about that over the off season when we have less to talk about. But I I think when I say, I want to bring back something when I say ceiling, I'm not saying that's the best you can hope for, right? But realistic ceilings, like Michigan State's realistic ceiling is once every three years, Ohio State. Yeah, like once every three years, Ohio State screws up. You beat Michigan. Uh, you don't drop a stupid game. And suddenly you're, you, you are the sacrificial lamb to Georgia or Alabama. And if, you're, and if you're lucky, if you're lucky, Georgia wins the SEC championship game and you get Oklahoma State or Baylor or whoever, Notre Dame, whoever would have been. I wanted Notre Dame. Yeah, (laughs) right. And, and, but, but it's the reason why I said all year before Michigan State lost that Purdue game, I don't want Bama. I don't want Georgia. I don't want to go to the playoff because nothing good happens when you go to the playoff. Um, And it's, and it's for this. Um, And then that's the point. Like if Georgia had pulled out the SEC championship game uh, victory, then Michigan probably ends up with a Notre Dame or uh, Oklahoma State instead of Georgia, which I think they match up much better against one of those two programs. And all of a sudden, you know, they're in a national title and you're hoping for, you know, you have 10 days to prepare and you're just hoping for a little bit of luck and something weird happens. And all of a sudden, hey, oh, my God, we're leading, you know. Right. Right. Trying to catch lightning in a bottle once is a lot different than 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 trying to catch it twice um yeah because that's the whole thing about lightning <laughs> um yeah like so so you know in terms of the format like yeah it's it's difficult for teams that are not um in that elite tier to to do anything um because you have a month off you know there's no like tur- quick turnaround we can gut this out there's no game planning rotation whatever um which is one of the things that makes them you know the, the college basketball tournament, which we don't talk about on this podcast because I can't be trusted to talk about basketball. But um, like what makes it so interesting is that it, it actually has very little to do with 
top level talent. It has to do with, do you have good guards? Do you have a coach who can game plan on the fly? And do you have depth in case somebody gets hurt? And that's it. Like, yep. that's how you win the NCAA tournament. Already um, of the best player in the country. <laughs> I mean, I said guard play because I specifically, yeah. yeah, you know, every five years, UConn gets Kemba Walker or Shabazz Napier and they win a title. And that's just what we do. And like, that, we're all only apl- that somehow only applies to UConn. Yeah, no, no, no. It's a UConn thing. Uh, and again, we don't want to talk too much about UConn basketball because they are actually good. Um, and like that sort of takes away. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like takes away from the whole thing about UConn. But yeah, I mean, in the, in the current format, um, it, it would be very difficult. I think the only way that you could hope um, for something different is if you do, if you expand to 16 and the first games are on campus or the first two games are on campus, uh, you know, suddenly you have that Alabama, you know, goes 11 and two, let's say, you know, let's hyper or, or hypothetical here georgia wins alabama suddenly is like the ninth seed or the seventh seed or whatever and has to go on the road to say a&m a&m sure or or, or <laughs> oregon right or utah yeah. or like one of these games where it's like uh, yeah like yeah that's not going to be like a fun good game for alabama as opposed to playing no what is a home game in in dallas or or um, you know, for Georgia, which is a home game in Miami. So um, as it's currently constructed, no, I don't, I don't think that there's a lot that the, the have nots. And again, this is like within the haves and within the super haves, the have nots, which is the Michigans and the, even the, you know, to a certain extent, the Michigan States, I mean, they're a new year's six bowl winner, um, Notre Dame, Oklahoma state, all of these schools, like they're, they're going to have trouble um, getting, getting over the hump with this. Oh, Oh, right. Yeah. Sometimes they have trouble with the snap because, you know, sometimes um, they fumble the bag. But you know who doesn't fumble the bag? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I really hope an ad got in that time because I was, I was very uh, happy with it. Um, anyways, there was another Seamless game. Transition. Seamless transition. Um, there was another game that involved the, uh, the great state of Michigan. Uh, Michigan State um, played in the Peach Bowl which I got to tell you, I'm going to take a step back. I know that the Peach Bowl is one of the top six bowls. I understand that. I, I get it. Um, but someone who grew up in the BCS era, um, it, uh, Peach Bowl was nothing until like 2014 because the Falcons built a new stadium. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really feel like anything. And it's all based on Megatron's butthole. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to gloss over that. Um, but like the peach bowl, like. <laughs> Have you ever seen the roof open and close? Is it, is it, I mean, why not Optimus Prime? Uh, because they chose, I don't know. They chose with Megatron. I guess, I guess Calvin Johnson is from Georgia. There you go. Well, no, I don't want to assign that to him. <laughs> Um, right. So anyways, so like, even like the cotton bowl, which was not one of the BCS, um, not one of the BCS bowls, uh, the cotton bowl, like is like historical, right? Like, like we know that the cotton bowl created and, and led to national champions in the past. Um, 
but you know, the peach will like, like, I know that it's important and I know that it's like one of the, the New Year's six, um, but it, it didn't feel uh, historic in that way. But having said that um, Michigan state sort of did what they've done all season, which is they, um, they had a great game script. So their first drive and a half was phenomenal. And then they sort of let the other team get a huge lead. Uh, and then they were like, Oh shit, we need to throw the ball to Jaden Reed more. And then they did that and then they won. And that's sort of how it worked. Um, Cal holiday returned to pick 78 yards and ruined everybody's uh, covers. Oh yeah. Michigan state. What was it? It was Michigan state minus three and a half. Yep. Oh, just an all time because he should have gone down. Yep. Um, had he gone down? Yeah, that's rough. Uh, you know, I, I would say that maybe like Cal was aware of the spread, but he's from a chicken farm in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm not being, I'm not being ironic. He's, he literally grew up on a chicken farm. I, I don't know that they had anything beyond like AOL dial up. Uh, <laughs> in, in 2018. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, how, oh, look, we have an infrastructure problem in this country. I mean, Angus can tell you about infrastructure week. We've been waiting on infrastructure uh, week for God. 54 weeks. I thought we don't talk about politics on this podcast. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, I, I think the biggest takeaway from, from the, the peach bowl from a Michigan state perspective um, is that um, without Kenneth Walker, it's, it's a pass first offense. Um, you know, none of the running backs looked particularly good. I thought Elijah Collins looked the best of the bunch, um, but you know, he went like six for six carries for 13 yards or 15 yards or whatever it was. Um and, you know, Jordan Simmons had 13 carries for 22 yards. Like it, it was not an impressive rushing attack. Granted, it was an Arduzzi defense and Arduzzi defenses are good at, against the run. But um, I thought Peyton Thorne looked very good. I think if Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor both come back, which is a big if, um, I think Michigan State is just sort of a pass first offense next year. Um, Wait, are they are they going to the draft? Uh, so there was a they were both of them refused to comment on it all year. Um, like they, like they were asked and they just said, like, I'm focused on this season. I'll think about it after blah, blah, blah. Um, and then today we're, we're recording this at 5 PM Eastern, uh, on the second, um, earlier today, Michigan state football, uh, posted, uh, a tweet that said, you know, update, uh, the, the legend of one continues, um, with like a hype video for Jaden Reed. And then they deleted it within 15 seconds. Uh, and then didn't post anything else. So, huh. uh, you know, mm. we don't, we, we just don't know. Um, I, you know, there, there were some rumors that one of the reasons that uh, Michigan state's big wide receiver recruit on signing day, who is everybody thought was going to Michigan state. Then last minute, he decided not to. Um, there mm. were some rumors that he got word that Reed and Naylor were coming back and he wasn't going to like step in day one and Xavier worthy the thing, um, which is uh-huh. the reason why he, decommitted from Texas actually um, in the first place. So, you know, it's, it's unclear what the, what the thing is there, but if both of them come back um, and Malik Carr and, you know, I think it's just a pass first offense, you know, you, you burn first down every single drive, you know, you get to second and 10 and then you let Peyton Thorne cook, um, which, which is just sort of how that offense seems to be. I thought the defense played well, but they were playing against the third string quarterback for most of the game. So I'm not really going to take much from that. Yeah. Much <laughs> and struggle for a little bit of it. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they gave up, they gave up 17 points to that offense. Cause they, they gave up a scoop and score. No, they gave up 14. points. 
Um, they gave up a scoop and score. The first drive, they gave up a, a touchdown on the scripted first drive. It happens. And then not much else. Like it, it, it just sort of like, it was a fine defensive performance against uh, a guy who probably coming into the season thought that he was going to um, not see the field. So not really going to take much from that. I mean, I hope that they get better uh, against the pass and we'll see. Uh, but you know, all told, I think, I think this Michigan state defense um, has a lot to work on and, and we'll, we'll see. I, I imagine, I mean, they already have uh, three, I think defensive transfer commits. I, I imagine there will be more. Uh, and, and, and I think that's, you know, and the thing about Michigan state, I mean, they won 11 games in a, in a year, their over under was four and a half. Um, it's sort of a similar thing to, to Michigan where, um, you know, you can look back on the season, like, oh, if you'd only beaten Purdue, blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is that this was a, a wildly successful season for, for both teams from Michigan. I mean, I, I don't think that there's anybody who could say anything different. Um, and I think, you know, Mel Tucker can be pleased. Jim Harbaugh can be pleased. Um, and you know, if you're the type of fan who, who, who says like, well, they didn't win the national title. So they're, you know, so it was a bad year. Um, I don't know what to tell you because that sounds like a miserable way to consume sports. If, if you, if your goal is to win a title every year and you're upset, if you don't, um, a enjoy being an Alabama fan, good for you. B, uh, it's like, it's like, it's a miserable experience and I I don't really think you should do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Red Wings fans. Yeah. We, we used to be that way. Yeah. <laughs> it was I awful. Mean, yeah. Like, and there, and there are a lot of, uh, a lot of fans who are like that, you know, like there are a lot, there's, a, there's a significant uh, group of, of football fans and soccer fans, but certainly football fans who are like, oh, well, my team didn't win, you know, didn't win the, the college football playoff or didn't win the, the division or didn't whatever. So it wasn't a successful year. And it's like, that's miserable. Like, look at how happy Kentucky football fans are right now. All seven of them. Like they are ecstatic <laughs> with their 10 wins. Um, you know, like look at how happy, uh, you know, Indiana was last year. Indiana was ecstatic about an eight win year. Like, do, do, like think about how, how pissed everybody in, in Ann Arbor would have been if Michigan won eight games this year. Um, but Indiana's yeah. thrilled with it. So it's like, it's all about expectations and understanding that like, there's more to this than titles. Um, one of the things that there's, you know, that there is beyond titles uh, is this. All right, let's talk about the rest of college football, I guess. Uh, can we start with the Music City Bowl? Sure can. That was dumb as hell. We should have done that multiple times. <laughs> I know. I wish, I wish every bowl game was the Music City Bowl. That was, uh, was so sending, stupid. I was sending people uh, texts, like, in the first half of the Peach Bowl, like, this game sucks. Let's just make UT and Purdue play again. <laughs> it was great. It, it, and, and, and the best part about it was that it was, like, it was, it was facially meaningless as it happened. <laughs> like, like oh, yeah. as you watched it, you were like, who, does anybody want to be here? Like, like, is Purdue super stoked to be playing a forty-eight to forty-five game against Tennessee right now? I mean, Purdue they might, might have been. Yeah. Jeff Brom is a nut job. <laughs> uh, but if anybody ever asks you why you have so many bowls, uh, that one and the Cheez It Bowl, uh, those are all reasons why. Do you want to know why we have bowls? No, we need forty bowls in order to get like the five drunk ones that happen every year. Right. 
like it's it's a it's a numbers game. If you throw if you throw uh twenty balls against against the the wall, maybe two are good because most bowl games are boring as shit. But every now and then you get forty eight to forty five. Why not? Uh, you get you get the uh, the um, the cheese it bowl, which was great. You get the the two thousand eighteen cheese it bowl. You get the the two thousand nineteen. Armed Forces Bowl when Houston desperately didn't want to be there and they had to go up against Army. Like, that was funny as shit, and we need more of that, not less. Um, uh, and Rose Bowl this year. Rose Bowl this year, great. It was a lot of fun. Um, but, like, the, the people who, who, who give those takes, right, the, the too many Bulls takes, they, they also tend to be the people who say shit like, uh, you know, kids today they they need to get off my lawn and love football harder and they need to to uh vote for fucking trey gowdy or whoever the hell you know like it's just like the people with the worst opinions about this are also the people who are like see there are too many bull games and it's like if you can't enjoy the the camellia bowl that's on you that's not the camellia bowl's fault that's your fault for not loving football because I'll, I, I'll tell you, in May, when we're doing this podcast and we're talking about Harry Potter or whatever the shit we're going to be talking about in May, all we'll want is... Probably is Harry game, Potter. Probably Harry Potter. Is a game between uh, Appalachian State and Marshall. Like, that's all we'll want. Um, so anybody who's like, we need less football, is someone you can just immediately not listen to, unless they're talking about NFL football and that last game that they added this year, which means nothing and is annoying. Uh, aside from that, if you want less college football, you're a bad person. No, in May nobody wanted week have, seventeen. That makes no sense. In May this year, we'll have the USFL to talk about. That's true. We are going to talk about <laughs> Panthers. Let's go, Michigan Panthers. Uh, going for the chip, the uh, cereal bowl. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> the uh, the super cup. Like it's not a full bowl. You know, you just wanted like a super cup. That would be a little too on the nose. I'm not sure if they're self self aware enough for that one. Like the the super uh, bowl of minestrone. It's like it's never the bowl you want. Like like certainly there are other bowls we could have, but minestrone. Wait, on the menu. you don't want minestrone? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I can na- I can name it any fresh given fresh ass soup. It is it is not a top five soup. Like I, I it's can... a great soup. What are you guys talking about? It's the best kind of soup because you can just like. Take whatever is in your fridge, throw it into a pot, put like a bunch of tomatoes in, and boom, you got a great tasting soup. Nope, nope. You described chili, which is great. Pro chili. Um, Cholent, depending on the amount of beans, also great. Minestrone, you wouldn't. Minestrone, (laughs) trash. Not a top five soup. Um, Awful. Awful. I yeah I we can move on I thought you guys are not from Michigan what that? this this makes no sense <laughs> I am from Michigan I just don't subscribe to the idea that the the soup that is on the menu at freaking Buddies is a good soup it's on this menu at Buddies because it's trash and they're trying to filter you back to the pizza <laughs> yeah it's also it, that's also like very 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 much not minestrone soup that is like tomatoes mixed with cream. And that, <laughs> that is what minestrone soup is. It's trash. That is not it's, what minestrone soup Ah, It's bad tomato soup. It's bad tomato soup that for some reason you, you dropped a, a freaking full can of cannelloni beans into. Yeah, I'd rather just have I'd rather just have the tomato soup. 
it's it's Angus, you're wrong here, and we're gonna move on because this is not a soup podcast. It's wrong, and I hate you. It but, could be a soup podcast. I love soup. <laughs> okay, when we're when we're really desperate for content, come May, we can have Angus just go off on soup rankings. Uh, we have the the whitest podcast of all time. Uh, it, it can also, depending on the type of clam chowder, it could also be red. I'm happy with that. What? that, was a, that he, he said it's the, the whitest podcast of all time. I said it could also be red because clam chowder comes in both white and red varietals. No, we don't recognize the Manhattan. No, nah, we don't. We don't do that. Also, like, just you keep kosher, like keep stay in your lane, man. <laughs> just saying I can I can reference things that I have never currently partake partaken in. Like, for example, I've never played in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, but I can talk about it, and we're going to because I don't want to talk about Alabama versus Cincinnati. Uh, I, it's like on our list and our agenda of things to talk about, and I decided uh, just now, does anybody have any takes on this game beyond uh, Bama is good? Don't ever – you never want Bama. Uh, Luke Fickle made a mistake and should have left. <laughs> That's my take. Great. I don't have anything to dispute of either of those points, and let's move on. Um you know, so so let's let's actually you know what the Rose Bowl was much more interesting than the Sugar Bowl. The Sugar Bowl was sad, and I don't want to talk about Matt Corral potentially uh, costing himself millions of dollars. While Des uh, Desmond Howard and Kirk Herbstreit talk about this generation not liking football enough, uh, that was stupid and dumb. And uh, I hope Desmond and Kirk feel bad about themselves, but I doubt they do. Uh, but do you know who sh- yeah? But uh, do you know who should feel good about themselves is uh, Jackson Smith. Last name I'm not going to attempt for for reasons. And Jibba. Sure. Uh, um, JSN. Yeah, JSN uh, sets every record for for a bowl game. Um, And, like, the funniest part about it is we got a text from uh, a buddy uh, as that game was about to kick, like, oh, are are Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson playing? And, you know, I was like, no. And I was like, oh, well, guess I'm not going to watch. And I was like, oh, wait, (laughs) those two weren't the best wide receiver at Ohio State somehow. Um, JSN, and it's like, you watch that game as a, a, as a Big Ten fan, right? Like, not as a fan of the, the conference because we're not the SEC. We don't have, like, that type of, like, weird Southern sol- solidarity. But, like, yeah, I'm... I was rooting for Utah. Yeah, of course. Um, Makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, actually, my, I, I, my, my daughter, um, I was watching that game with one of my daughters who don't really speak, but one of them um, kept saying hi uh, so she was rooting for Ohio State. Uh, so get stoked for 12 years from now when that's a thing. Oh, Have you just owned her yet? What is wrong with her? Put up one of your daughters for adoption? That's sad. Yeah, I know. But I think it's because Utah is a tough word, but Ohio is like pretty close to high, which she says all the time. Um, and also, I'm not going to reveal which daughter, so it doesn't, you know. Yeah, that's fine. So that we don't subconsciously hate one of your daughters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it was very cute. But yeah, uh, Ohio State, um, like, oh, we don't have Chris Olave and uh, Garrett Wilson. I guess we'll just have to re- rely on JSN and Marvin's, Marvin Harrison's son. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> uh, I can't believe they have Marvin Harrison Jr. as an ace in the sleeve. That's just, that's bullshit. Yeah, like he's their yeah, sixth that's pass not fair. Their, their sixth pass catching option. And um, like late in that game, uh, Master Teague was in the game, the running back, who was like, would have been one of like the biggest coups for Michigan State to get. I think that he was down to like Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, went to, to Ohio State. Uh, 
and, and like late in that game, they were like, oh yeah, he doesn't have a carry today because Travion Henderson uh, is, is getting the carries. And you're like, you sit there as a Michigan State fan. You're like, why? 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 You, 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 why? Because he could get a national title at Ohio State. He can't get that at Michigan State. That's um, Do you know how old JSN is? 21. 20? Nope. 19? Nope. Yep. Cool. How, how scary is that? Also, he looks like a twig. Just imagine what he's going to look like next year. I mean, but Devontae Smith never put on weight, so he could just stay the exact same. I think the, the more interesting – Possible. Is, uh, so do you, know how many, do you know how many touchdowns Marvin Harrison Jr. caught in that game? Wasn't it like two? He caught three. Do you know how many receptions he had coming into that game? Is it Four. three? Five. <laughs> Great. Great. More than <laughs> his, double his receptions for the year and caught three touchdowns. I mean – And that I'm, was the guy that was like, ah, we're in trouble. We need somebody to step up. And it's just like, oh, yeah, sure. How about the son of a Hall of Famer? Yeah, why not? Cool. And it's like, oh, and, and we have this other guy like, oh, our third wide receiver? Yeah. Uh, he's going to set the record for yards, catches, touchdowns, whatever for Ohio State. It's ridiculous. CJ Stroud is very good. Yeah. For Bulls. For Bulls. For, for just for Bulls. Um, I'm going to use this opportunity to say that he actually broke the, among um, Big Ten players, he broke Charles Rogers' bull record um, because I wanted to bring up Charles Rogers because he was great and I enjoyed watching him. Uh, the uh, other big bull game to mention um, – is you said Fiesta. that while Stump is wearing his Lions jersey. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah, that actually is. Nice. Um, the Isn't that an 81? 61. Oh, it was 61. I support linemen in this house. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, that's 61. That's fine. Anyways, the bowl game, uh, that uh, the last bowl game I want to talk about is that fie- uh, the Fiesta Bowl, in which Notre Dame... Um, <laughs> Clemson did it. What are we calling going up 28 to seven and then losing? My, my, my friend, the Notre Dame grad also stumps personal trainer. Um, He was, he was making excuses for Marcus Freeman and his first game. I mean, look, no, that doesn't make any sense because that entire first half, I mean, we shared, we shared tweets about this was like, uh, that was Tommy Reese with the Brian Kelly restrictor taken off. Like all of a sudden they're slinging the ball all over the field. Their offense looks exciting for the first time, you know, ever. And then like in the second half, they just forgot how to play football. I mean, I think that it's, it's probably that Marcus Freeman um, is a, is a first time head coach and he went up 28 to seven. And uh, I don't know if, if you guys remember where he came from, but he's a, he's a fickle guy. And therefore a trestle oh. guy. And oh. what what do coaches from the trestle tree do when you go up twenty eight to seven? You take the foot off the gas. What you do? Trestle ball says you choke you choke the other team out, play defense and punt, and that's it. And like Marcus Freeman, like we we thought he was cool, coach, but he might just be trestle. Hang on, googling Marcus Freeman, Atlanta Falcons, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry to the like three people in Atlanta that occasionally listen to us. Um, 
So the uh, so so that was funny. I I think that it's it's a bit concerning that that um, they do have that in like in their back pocket. Um, you know, I, Jack Cohn is not a good quarterback, and he was able to in the Tommy Reese system light things up. Um, we'll see what happens uh, when they have to move on from Jack Cohn, who couldn't beat out Graham Mertz, who again is one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen uh, play football. Uh, Graham Mertz is not good, um, but that's a Wisconsin issue. Uh, so, anyways, going into so so we we sort of as we wrap up bowl season. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to, to think about this year as like, uh, well, we knew Georgia and Bama were the best two teams in the country and here we are. Um, but you know, I think that the real college football is the friends we've made along the way. Uh, and, uh, that's just sort of how I'm going to look at this. Um, there's also some, Oh shit. We didn't talk about the biggest football news of the day. Uh, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Antonio Brown just quit. (laughs) Uh, Antonio <laughs> Brown. Antonio Brown is CTE. CTE at this point. Shout out, Dan. Uh, Wait, I was I was not paying attention at all. What happened? He, so, okay, so he was like, I want to say eight receptions, fifty-five yards, and one touchdown away from million-dollar. Like these are incentives in his contract, so he had to hit these things to hit, make an extra million dollars. And had he hit any of them individually, he would have gotten 333000 So it wasn't right. like hit all of them, get a million dollars. It was like, if I caught a touchdown, that's $330,000 right there. And again, this is only week 17, and the NFL now has 18 weeks. So he had a game and a half to hit these. And uh, I don't know if you saw, but the Bucks were getting their ass kicked by the, the Jets at one point. Wait, this man is shirtless on the field. Yes. We'll get there. I'm watching a replay. Let's get He's there. Just like, Let's get there. So Bruce Arians <laughs> basically told him that like they were going to arrest him for the next week uh, or some shit. Like they like they like benched AB. So his response was to take off. He took off his shoulder pads and then he took off his undershirt and his gloves and threw them into the stands. And then while the game was going on, danced across the end zone doing like the fired up sign of like uh, on his way off the field. To the point where there, uh, whoever the sideline reporter is reported that security was this close to tackling him because they thought he was just a shirtless fan that had gotten on the field. And then, like, as they got closer, they're like, oh, shit, no, that's Antonio Brown. Uh, and then, like, the first, the first thing that Bruce Arian said in his after-game presser was, uh, again, the Bucks came back from, like, 24-6. They won, they won that game. It was yep. 28-24. And the first thing Bruce Arians said is Antonio Brown is no longer a buck. It's like, look, look, man, everybody in the world, except for you and Tom Brady saw how this ended. I don't know if you would really have a high horse to stand on here. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Oh, oh now you're a disciplinarian when he takes off his shirt and runs across the, 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 the field. Like that was the line, not the 10,000 other things. Um, but I think, I think my, uh, I, I think my favorite sort of implication of this is that this decision, like the conspiracy theory here, is that the decision came from the Glazers because we're in the midst of a transfer window and they need every dollar they can get to improve Manchester United, who currently are not in a Champions League place. Um, oh, yeah. 
So that million dollars, like maybe, maybe it, it's a loan fee for a, you know, a midfielder. I don't know. Um, it could be like, you got it. You got to find that money somewhere. And the Glazers like had like a pretty easy way to not pay out a million dollars. And it's not like the, the bucks in the playoffs are going to were, were, were needed Antonio Brown. I mean, he's certainly useful. I mean, he's a top, I don't know. I don't know what number, you know, no, they, they need, they need him right now. That's even the funnier thing. Uh, yeah. Godwin I don't think they have very many wide receivers at the moment. Godwin tore his ACL and Evans oh. for like three weeks. They needed Antonio. Like it was already controversial that they brought him back because he's such a piece of shit. And Bruce Arians basically said, like, yeah, no, we have no choice. We need wide receiver depth. And then he went and pulled this shit. So, like, Antonio Brown uh, very clearly has a lot of mental health issues. So, like, I don't want to dump on him too much. But, goddamn, if he does not pick the worst times to do the funniest shit. And, like, it's like, (laughs) the thing is, is that it's like, when moments like this happen, it's like, you know, like, um, like Twitter has this new thing where it's like, remember there's a person behind the screen when, yeah. when someone tweets something like awful and people pile on. Um, I think Madison Cawthorn did it. And that was the one I showed you guys. But, um, yeah. and like, you know, like there's a guy here and he's very clearly uh, got some mental issues that he needs to work through and hopefully he can. Um, you know, we, we could have some sort of like serious discussion about how his demeanor and behavior changed after that Vontae's perfect cheap shot, um, a couple of years ago, Uh, like we could have that discussion, but, uh, and, and, and we don't want to, 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 to make light of these things, but dude, it's really funny to take off your shirt, run, run, run around a a football field, uh, in the middle of New Jersey in the middle of January. Like that's like, just like an objectively. Is it funnier because it was the Jets? Yes, I think it was. Yeah, like like the Jets broke you. Um, I think I think <laughs> like I think my favorite um, my favorite joke was like, is there any better tribute to John Madden than to rage quit in the middle of a game <laughs> after getting your ass kicked by an inferior opponent? Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's so much better from the that's against the Jets because I'm sure the Jets fans were like watching it and be like, like. I'm used to this feeling, but it's usually our team. Like, this is just funny now. Uh, did you see that FedEx field basically almost fell apart on Jalen Hurts too? No. As, oh, yeah. No. As he was walking off the field, the uh, the partition that, like, keeps people um, – the tunnel, the partition that keeps the tunnel apart fell over, and, like, six Eagles fans fell on top of them. And, like, obviously they're Eagles fans, so, like, nobody's – everybody's nonplussed. They immediately get up and start like putting their arms around them and taking selfies while security's trying to like uh, usher them off the field. And Jalen is clearly just laughing and be like, yo, this place is a piece of shit. Right. I think, I, I think that there's like, you couldn't have picked a better fan base to experience that because like many fan bases would have been like, Oh, I'm going to sue Dan Snyder for all he is worth. But Eagles fans are like, hell yeah. On the field. What's up y'all go birds. <laughs> I, honestly, that kind of makes sense. Like, Eagles fans are like, yo, bro, I was on the field. Have you ever been on the field? No? Wow, you're not a true Eagles fan. Go Birds! Um, uh, and so so the, the last thing I want to talk about today is, um, and, and, you know, we can, we can talk about this as long as we want, but uh, the Giants had negative passing yards today. Did they really? Seriously? Yep. I'm looking in this up. How many negative passing yards? Negative 10. They had 20 yards of sacks 
and 10 yards of forward passes. That is 100. Wow. wow. So they're just doing everything they can to make sure that Matt Nagy keeps his job. Oh. And I, for one, appreciate that as a fan of a fellow NFC North team. Mike Lennon is employed. He Actually, sure is. Oh, that's so bad. It's a tough labor market. You know, there's a labor shortage, clearly. It's so bad. Oh, man, he fumbled four times and lost two of them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, special Uh, thank you to our guest, Angus. We're not topping that. Uh, You can find Angus uh, on Twitter at jburger90. He occasionally tweets from the mothership account at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Uh, That's usually me, but it's occasionally other people. Um, you can find Stumpy at Mr. Mojo Rising 89. Uh, you can find, like I said, you can find all of us at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, we uh, are going to get that Instagram up and running. Definitely, uh, definitely maybe this year. Uh, 2022 is our year. We, we feel good about it. Uh, TikTok shortly thereafter. Uh, special thank you to our sponsors, uh, whoever Blue Wire decided to put in. Um, occasionally it's indeed.com. Occasionally it's Discover. One time it was Canada uh pfizer occasionally uh all very very fun places so you should support them i guess and direct tv go direct tv also the smith workforce management group uh for all of your business law needs check out smithworkforce.com um and finally a special thank you to you the listener uh we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you so thanks so much and we will see you next time Podcast Network.